1: Yo, what up, this Sellout Cool J? Hey, y'all, this is Alicia Keys.
0: Your variety hits. This is is 87.1 Caroline Radio. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio. KCGN Bakersfield, your home for all your variety hits, just like Aaron's Opinion and the Aaron's Opinion podcast. Thank you for having me on your station today. I greatly appreciate it. And to all of our listeners of Aaron's Opinion, welcome back, listener. How are you? We're glad you're doing. Well glad you had a good week. Tonight I have a very, very exciting uh, guest with me by the name of Nikita Griffin. She's studying psychology uh, at Audubon University in Ohio in the United States. I wanted to get into a conversation about, you know, why it's important for blind people to think critically about their major and think about why they're studying certain, you know, certain things. Um, So Nikita, tell us, tell our listeners about your interest in psychology and really what you would like your impact to be in this field. Go ahead.
2: Okay. So when I started at Otterbein University, I started in 2015 and originally, I was a Spanish major. And after three years of studying Spanish, I wasn't where I needed to be fluently. So I decided, since my minor was psychology, to major in psychology. And I really liked the field. Um, I took a lot of classes beforehand, and I really I took a class called developmental psychopathology and I think that's what really kind of got me into psychology the class was just about um, the developmental disorders um, of young children and that's the population that I like to work with and so that class just kind of threw me right into the field and I joined the major in 2018 and I am officially graduating in two weeks from Otterbein, and next year around August, I hope to be at Ohio State University getting my master's in um, social work or clinical mental health. Um, What I like to do once all that's complete and the licensing is taken care of is I want to work with children who suffer from mental disorders uh, like bipolar disorder, depression, Um, and also those with disabilities. So autism, communication disorders, blindness. And I think I want the population age to be from five years old to 11 years old. Um, I think that's, yeah.
0: (laughs) Great. I think that's great. I think that's great. Um, You know, I, I think it's really, really, really important uh, to provide good, uh, you know, mental health care, because so many people in our country struggle uh, with the issue of mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find it to be quite concerning um, that a country as strong and successful as the United States is, has so many problems as it relates to the treatment and the acquisition of appropriate care. Um, So I greatly appreciate you, you know, studying this field. And I really, I really think that this will immensely help um, many children. It's really important for children to be in a good, uh, you know, mental, you know, frame of mind and things like that. So since most of our listeners are blind, um, how would you help blind children? And tell me about your interests uh, in blind children and helping them. By the way, I think I think we found each other on on a particular uh, group on Facebook for other blind and visually impaired people, right?
2: Yes, we did
0: okay, so tell me tell our listeners more about your interest in helping blind children.
2: Um I kind of feel like there isn't really an outlet for children in general to uh, safely have a conversation like with their parents or peers or even teachers um and the question of being judged definitely might come up for a you know 10 or 11 or 12 year old child um but also there are uh with the younger generation 5 to 9 probably feeling misunderstood um for any number of reasons and I feel like having a safe space to go, having um an ally as um someone who you can go to and talk to about your problems and somewhere where you can feel safe to uh confide in information. I feel like that'll be very helpful for kids in that age bracket. Even for a four-year-old who, you know, just wants some free time or who just wants some time to just have a conversation and, you know, have some freedom. I feel like that will um, help out, help a lot of children feel safe, feel comfortable talking to someone new. And especially for the blind, I feel like having a psychologist who is also blind will also make them feel more comfortable.
0: It may. Um, my, my feedback about that is that, uh, are you there? Yes. I'm here. Good. Oh, okay. We had, we had a slight, <laughs> slight break up there. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, lagging a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you're really onto something really interesting here. So let's say that a, that, you know, parents bring in their blind, uh, their blind son who is a, um, or eleven years old, and they say that you know we 're here with our son, um Andrew, and Andrew feels very left out, and he feels like he's being judged. I do want to talk more about the issue of judgment because um i I feel personally with all the traveling that I have done around the world. I, I do feel that America can be and might be a very judgmental society from time to time. And you may agree with me or disagree with me. That is fine. But I do think that our country is, as a whole, very, very judgmental, especially towards, you know, blind people. So, really, what advice would you have for a child? Because it's kind of tricky. It's kind of hard to explain these complex social issues to children, I think.
2: I would have to agree. Um advice. I think I would have to, you know, obviously like get some rapport, get to know the child, um, kind of figure out where in their life are they being judged. Um and my best advice would be i know it's easier said than done but not to really focus on what people are saying as long as you believe in yourself um that's all that matters um and then also you know encourage them that as a psychologist you know like i'm here so um if you need anything, have your parents call. Um, So that's just some quick advice. Um, Over time, I would help them probably with self-esteem, you know, believing, like I said, believing in themselves and uh, things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah
0: well I, well really really good um yeah, I think that uh most or many psychologists do not um take on clients who who are children who are young people, so I think that this could be um you know a really a really really interesting and a really rewarding endeavor and something really valuable uh for for blind people um you also mentioned that you might be interested in social work so i mean obviously i know what social work is but can you tell our other blind listeners if if maybe they are not familiar with it can you tell them what is social work and what you plan on doing there if you end up going the social work route
2: well the um the degree the masters in social work uh will allow me to counsel children so um, that will, you know, allow me to get licensed and to have the, um, the licensure to counsel and treat, um, children with mental health disorders. Um, I think being a social worker, helping children, um, in certain family situations is also a good little career to go into because I feel like you could be a lifesaver for children who are in um, abusive situations or just situations that aren't good for a child. So you could become like their, you know, savior um, and you can help them out. Um, And I feel like that's really good for things of that, things of that nature. Um, And they can have someone to, call on when they're in danger, if they need you. So that is, um, I feel like that's rewarding and it's in its own, in its own way.
0: Without doubt. Sure.
2: Um, you know, may, may I ask how,
0: how did you become originally, how did you become so interested, um, in the field of, in this field of psychology, you know, so being a psychologist, being a social worker, helping people. Um, perhaps I would, I would, I would ask kind of a personal question, but my viewers would appreciate it in a sense. Did you maybe? And obviously, you you do not need to answer, but did you perhaps have an experience maybe when you were younger where, for some reason, in general, you uh, encountered a psychologist or encountered. a a social worker? Oftentimes, because oftentimes people who get into the field of psychology or social work get into it because they experience something as a younger person.
2: Um, Well, I went to the blind school here in Ohio. And um, I know, um, like, there were a few people at the school who had autism. And I didn't know you know, really what autism was. Um, Like I didn't have, and I hadn't read about it. I hadn't like seen a definition of it. So I didn't really understand. And there were a lot of things about autism and the people that I was surrounded by that I didn't get. So that was one reason. But my siblings both suffer from mental disorders. um, And that is um, something that I've always been curious about, like why and how, and how does the medication help them? And so when I came to Otterbein and started looking through the classes, um, I de- I um, chose the Intro to Psychology class, and it was actually with one of my favorite, prof- he became one of my favorite professors. And so um, that Intro to Psychology was helpful, and then I decided to continue on and take more classes. Um, ones that were more interesting and um at some point I think it was like two years ago I took a psychotherapy class and that class really was like okay I want to do this and we learned about all the different techniques and types of psychology and um cognitive behavioral therapy was the one that interested me the most um so yeah those um those classes really opened my eyes, and once I declared the major, I was super happy about that, so. Well,
0: I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad. So, um, you know, for those of you who are listening to Aaron's opinion on Caroline Radio for the first time, you, you probably have no idea who I am, which is totally fine, because I can tell you you you're doing a great job let let me please let me say a couple things to introduce myself um, that basically my name is Aaron Richmond the host of Aaron's opinion podcast uh, I live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the world for personal reasons I, I do not I cannot give out much more information than that but I will tell you that um, I studied international relations in university and um, although that sounds like an interesting major, uh, you know, in writing on paper, I must tell you that <laughs> I wish that I had studied education or really, I wish that I had studied broadcasting because I love my podcast. I love being a podcaster. So I wish that I had studied something more close to what I'm actually doing now. But of course, you know, life isn't that easy. Things, things do not work out that way. Um, <clears throat> so, one of my, but now, by the way, have you been following um, Aaron's opinion? Have you been following my, my podcast and listening to my previous episodes? It's fine if you have not.
2: I have not. You actually just sent me the YouTube link when we talked for the first time. So that is,
0: that is, no. that is fine. That is fine. So I would encourage you if you would like to, to peruse uh, the page, peruse all my links so you can see my episode list because um, a couple weeks ago, I recall that I interviewed someone uh, from Canada who went to a school for the blind, and um, he had a lot of a lot of interesting and a lot of bad experiences there, um, being to put it kind of lightly being harassed a lot. Um, so I would just kind of wonder in in general how did you, how did you go, how did you end up going to the School for the Blind in Ohio in the first place? How was that decision made?
2: I honestly can't tell you, because I don't know. Okay. No, <laughs> um, no problem. But what I do know right. is that there were pretty, like, bad experiences at the public school that I was going to, Yeah. and so um, I think my family did some research into, mm. you know, a better school for me, and the Ohio State School for the Blind was it. I got some pretty good experiences there. I was in marching band and I also played goalball and I was in choir. So all the all those things kind of make it great.
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> a glad. great experience. I'm there. glad. Yeah, my my experience in education was uh, uh, a, a roller coaster, uh, to to put it lightly. Definitely some ups and definitely some downs for sure for for sure. Um, but. Um, I, I never, you know, I never went to a school for the blind, but I'm, 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 I'm pleased that you had a positive experience there. I think, I think that's good. Um, I don't know. What do you, do you have an opinion? I mean, I think as someone who studies psychology, I'm sure you have an opinion about this. Now, do you think in general, is it better for blind people to go, you know, mainstream and be in a public school or, um, are schools for the blind, you know, really the answer? What What do you think? And I have a good answer. I
2: went what to both. Think? Right. Um, I was actually able to do half days at the public school uh, in 10th grade. So I was going to both public and the blind school. And I don't really like the mainstream aspect of it. I really don't. Um, you know, public school. Because when I was in elementary school, we would be in this room all day. And then eventually, like in the, at the end of the day, pretty much we'd go upstairs. And I don't really like that. Um, now, at the public school that I went to during high school, um, I went to normal classes. But then if I, like, needed to come back and do homework or um, just have just have some papers printed or whatever. I could go in that room, do my homework and go back to my normal class. So that made it feel a little bit normal. Um, I think having the experience where you could go half day would be pretty awesome. As long as the person isn't mainstreamed into one classroom all day. Um, I also feel like being at the blind school gives you that sense of, um, identity, like, yes, you're blind, but you can do, uh, Other things. Um, And I like being around people that were like me, and I didn't feel judged or ridiculed because I was around people that were uh, who had the same disability as me. And there were things that we related to, and we didn't have to try so hard, you know, like you probably would in a public school. Um, So those are just my thoughts. I think having both experiences um, would be good, but I also feel like the blind school gives you that sense of. Um, You can have, you know, that sense of identity. Um, Though, you know, I feel like blindness doesn't define you, but at least you have a group of people around you that can motivate you, support you when you need it, so.
0: Sure. So you feel that sometimes it's important for blind people to come together and to have positive interactions with other blind people so that they can learn learn from each other. You know... Um, I think that that's I, I under I understand your argument there, um, but the 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 quite the question that I would pose, or I suppose my my pushback to that is that by grouping people together like that, they are not you we are not or they are not truly fully participating in the public society. So you know I I tend to think. That blind people need to be mainstreamed as much as possible. Yeah. Over overall, I'm really glad you I'm really glad you had a positive experience at that school, Ohio State School for the Blind. I'm glad you had a good experience, and that's fine. But I went to public school my whole well my whole life, you know, K to twelve, um, and then I went to a university. Um, and I think that that's a really, a really a great necessity for blind people, I think, you know, to, to go to university for, for sure. Mm hmm. Yes. Um, so, okay. Uh, to, to tell me more about some of these experiences that you have been having at um, Otterbein University with the staff and with other students and professors. It, it seems like you're having a good experience there.
2: Um I would say i I've had pretty good experiences at the college overall um but I would definitely say that um I've struggled socially mm-hmm. um right but I definitely feel like I've gotten more along with the teachers than i um you know have with other students um and the staff has been pretty supportive um disability services they have went above and beyond, um, and they've been pretty amazing with a lot of the stuff that they've done for me and stuff like that, so they, they've been pretty, pretty good uh, understanding and, um, yeah, um, dorm life, I stayed in the dorm all of my time there, and I enjoyed it to an extent, I got my own room, so, like, I can't really <laughs> complain about that, um, so I didn't have a roommate the whole time I was there. Um, But I just felt like left out Mm -hmm. Uh, socially. um, A lot of the times I had friends who went to the school, but then they'd graduate so they didn't have to make new friends. And I just, a lot of the time, I just felt uh, left out a lot of the time. Um, And I don't know if it was just um, me, like, not trying to make friends or, like, not really talking to people at my college, um, but, yeah, I just had, I don't think I had the best social experience, experiences, um, and I feel like, you know, I could relate more to my blind friends, and I feel like it's hard to make friends, um, in a sighted, community just because there are so many visuals and uh well but so
0: i mean my my feedback to that is yes you're right and i had a very similar experience to that um but um i'm kind of you know i have a very strange personality you know i don't really i'm not really interested in other people um, and i went to a very small school um that uh caters to people who are kind of uh individualistic and everybody was kind of in their everybody was kind of in their own little world mm-hmm. so you know um w- once you get out of there and, and graduate you'll feel a lot better and you'll start to see that the, that that's just how people act in college this is how they act and this is how it is
2: yeah and that's not a lot like the police officers um i'm really I, love autobahn police department they were pretty 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 amazing to me while i was there so yeah but that's what um you know i got some sort of feedback like that like um and from other people too you know but the friends that i do and that i have made um they've made sure to make me feel welcome and not like to uh exclude me but yeah i would say that a lot of the times i was there i felt. uh excluded left out -hmm. um ignored at times
0: so well that's that's how i felt and i think that most of our listeners in the audience probably feel the same and i think that this is one of the reasons this feeling of left out is one of the many reasons why not enough blind people are going to university and i think it's it's starting to become a bigger and bigger problem in my opinion because a lot of jobs that blind people used to do do not really exist anymore mm-hmm. so i think it's i think it's a very serious issue that we you know obviously you understand i understand it but i think it's an an issue that is being overlooked uh by our society as a whole so i don't know um what do you uh what do you th- what what do you think about that i mean do you feel that blind people uh Really do need to be going to college, or do you feel basically as I do that us blind people were like everyone else, and some blind people should go to college and other blind people shouldn't i don't know do you Do you have any advanced opinion about that i guess
2: I don't really, but I feel like if they want, they should, and if they don't they don't um but I feel like having like going to college has definitely made me feel like okay, like I'm actually contributing to society, in a sense, so there, because so there, I
0: know... So there you go. Okay, so right, so there you go. So the answer is that blind people should go to university, because if we go to university, we'll be able to contribute to our society. That's That's what it. I feel yeah. That's, And you know, and I feel, and I feel the same. I feel I have a similar feeling to that, um, but I I will tell you that whatever whatever university uh, I went to, um, there, were, there were a lot of people there that never really knew why they were there. And I, I really think that a lot of people go to university be, for, for, for two reasons. People go to university for two reasons. Number one, usually their parents force them uh but b the other huge reason why sighted people like going to university is is for the socialing, the 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 social connection and the and the networking right. that's mostly that's mostly what it is you know um because i have a i have a brother who studies business and he's trying to graduate soon and it's going to be a little challenging uh you know for him to f- uh, find a job given this current this current situation Situation, that, that we, this situation that, by the way, I cannot talk about it on the podcast. There's, there's rumors that if I, that if we talk about it, this podcast, there's other people don't like that. So (laughs) um, I, who knows? knows? But I mean, I think, um, I I think that in general, I think that blind people should be going to college um, and if not, blind people should be learning how to how to perform a specific trade that is in that is in demand Um, because the truth is that simply a lot of blind people in in america these days and in my opinion a lot of them are just not going to college for for many 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 reasons Um, you know you know it could be their parents didn't go well if your parents don't go to college you probably don't the the child probably doesn't go to college So, you know, there, there is, there is a correlation there. And I think that's very serious. Um, We are uh, within the next couple minutes here. We're coming, coming up on the break. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that what, what you're doing is, is really will be, will be really valuable, valuable, provided that you network appropriately and are a psychologist that, parents truly, you know, feel is, you know, listening to them and that children can look up to. And I think that, I'm sure you are those things, and I think that it's very, very, very hard for parents um, to find uh, really, really, really good psychologists uh, for for children. Which is why um, usually children don't go to psychologists and therapy, and then the problem gets out of control and out it of gets hand, worse. right? Yeah. It gets worse. And usually, and, and, and you know what the, the studies have shown, usually the problem gets really bad right around college. So it's, it's super sad. Um, I tell you, um, I have two, two friends, two acquaintances, um, one and both of them uh, struggle with me, issues of mental health and it's really sad for me um it's 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 really it really saddens me that they don't get you know the care that they deserve it's very it's it's very frustrating and it's very it's very puzzling uh why we have such a hard time with this with this issue um so I don't really know <clears throat> I don't really know what it is but I think that one of the issues of our generation is that we're going need to solve this particular issue. This is Aaron's opinion. 87.1 Caroline Radio. K, C, D, N, Bakersfield. Your home for all your variety hits. We'll be right back.
1: This is Variety at your house. Which we are 87.1 Caroline Radio. Home for all of your variety hits. Boy, That boy Billy Slide and Slide Jam's record store is... Here, baby. Just heard Josh from the Everybody album And now classics about to punch in between the eyes Sly Jams Music is throwing down New artists, old artists, everybody About to get lit I'm talking Brandon Vader lit On Sly Jams Music Record Store Right here on Sly Jams Music Record Store And tell your local artists We putting them on too Check out this hot new music at S-L-Y-J-A-M-Z dot com S-L-Y-J-A-M-Z dot com Slide Jams record store. Get back to big business. We got Pop the Ripper, and Pop the Ripper is about to give you more. My cage is open and i are walking like a big
0: dog. Straight fire, man. That's all
1: I can give y'all. Cause I ain't playing with it. Any mic can get it. They heard me spitting, call me a ripper, cause that's how I did it. Report to. <sighs> This is Variety at Your
0: House. We are 87.1 Caroline Radio.
1: Home for all of your Variety hits.
0: Welcome back, listener. How are you? All right, let's get, let's get right back into it. Uh, my name is Aaron Richmond. You're listening to Aaron's Opinion. We're talking to Nikita Griffin. Before the break, we were talking about the issue of mental health. And I kind of asked the question, um, why it seems to be so difficult for people in the United States today to get and acquire the mental health care that they deserve. Do you wanna talk about this and do you wanna try to tell our audience um, what you have learned at Audubon University as it relates to this difficulty and what you think really needs to be done um, in our society to fix this? What what do
2: you think? Um, So I kind of feel like not you know, like being afraid is probably the number one reason why um, people don't seek mental health um, help. Um, I feel like, you know, they're afraid of being judged or um, especially by peers or family members. Um, And that's, I feel like is the number one reason. Um, I feel like another reason is um, the cost of therapy, how much it costs. You know, I believe there's statistic. There's a statistic that is that um, low income um, are common for seeking mental health, and so that be a problem what do you, when it comes do you time mean? to pay for therapy. Right.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not quite sure. Can Can you explain it a little bit further? You feel that people who are lower income, you said, are you feel or you have found are less likely to reach out or or, it it wasn't quite clear to me. So can you, can you explain it a little bit in more detail for, for our listener?
2: Um, With the, just the financial aspect of it, what I, what I meant to say was that I feel that uh, with the aspect of the financials, I feel like lower income people um, are the, you know, are the least to reach out because of the financial, um, aspect or the financials that they struggle with. Um, so that I feel could be another reason the financials or the cost of therapy, um, then the fear of being judged. Um, those are the only two that I'm thinking of right now.
0: Hmm well you know what i think about that i think that for fear of being judged um that fear is 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 kind of i think that as far as that fear goes you you know you can't live i mean i i i do understand and 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 philosophically speaking i do not understand this because um, I do not suffer from one of these illnesses, so of course, philosophically, I do not understand. But um, I, I also fear that f- feel that people cannot live their life in fear. Uh, that really that really does not serve you know any purpose. You know, I when I started this podcast, um, I was quite nervous. Actually, it is quite scary to be talking into a microphone to a bunch of strangers who you don't even know. But, but listener, the funny thing is, and I'm not, I'm not going to say this often because you don't care about this, but I would like to say this to make a point. I've noticed that things have grown in my podcast. I'm on more platforms. My num my, my downloads are increasing. So, And then I have this opportunity that started tonight, to be on an internet to be on a radio station. So I'm saying this to tell you that I think if you overcome your fear just a tiny bit, some really interesting things could happen. And I never expected this podcast to be this good, to be this you know to be this this good and this helpful for you at home, the listener. But I suspect I'm suspicious that it is. Simply based on the fact that it's growing and simply based on the fact that I'm getting a lot of good feedback. You know, <laughs> I, applied, I applied the podcast to Apple and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. Um, a lot of people wonder what it's really like to apply to have your show on Apple, on, I, on iTunes. It's really easy. Basically, you fill out a form, uh, an, an online form, and then you send it in. And then uh, you get an email back from iTunes that says, "Okay, yep, thanks. You know, we have your we have your information, and we'll get back to you." Well, I I sent that in, um, knowing that I have not even crossed a thousand downloads. I sent that in thinking, "Okay, well, that's just a joke." Um, and then late, and then like forty eight hours later, a couple of days went by, and it was it was at a weird time. It was like a Sunday night. I get an email from from iTunes. And it says important notice, your podcast has been has been accepted on Apple. <laughs> I said I said out loud I said wait a minute this this can't be right this is this is like one of these jokes so then I opened the email and it wasn't it wasn't a joke and this podcast really is on Apple and if you. Um, go back in our Facebook group, you can see that I I did a whole press conference. Basically, I did a whole whole live stream all about it because I was really, really inspired by it. And I hope that, that one of the things that this program will do is to hopefully inspire other blind people to maybe become podcasters themselves. Because if you just do, it's really cool. If you just do one podcast and you know who you're talking to and you have a really good conversation and you, you know, put forth a little bit, a little bit of strength, a little bit of effort, you know, your words can go very far, very quickly. It's quite, quite intriguing. Have you, um, you know, slightly moving away from your studies and what you want to do? What are some other activities that you do? Uh, I, I under, I completely understand. I understand a thousand percent that you're a hundred percent busy with university and you really do not have time for, extra things right now but after you graduate (laughs) after you graduate what do you that's actually
2: not true oh Um, good good i am an author
0: oh you another author another author well i would like to extend a a offer to you i have been inviting all of my Podcast guests, many of which are authors, I've been inviting them to come back onto Aaron's Opinion and talk about their book and read and read their book on this podcast uh, because I would love to help you to get your work published. I think that's so important and so difficult. So why don't you tell us more about your
2: book? Um, so I have I published my first book in. May 2019, I published my second book in November of 2019, and I will be publishing my third book um, next month. Mm. So um, the genre I write is um, erotica and romance,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and um, I really like it so far Um, what I really like the most though is my last two books so this one that's about to come out and then um, the one that's that came out in November those books both feature blind characters Um, this one actually features two blind characters two two blind characters that are the main characters and I found it so much easier to write about a blind character than to write about a sighted a side of character and you know it's all about the experience well, let's, it's let's, all about what i know well
0: let's let's dig it let's dig in let, let, let's dig into it so so who are these who are these blind people are they are they americans or are they uh are they british people are they uh, yes
2: they're americans
0: Oh, okay well gu- well good see it's important to think about that because i've traveled all over the world so I've been to France, I've been all over Europe. So I think of, I think of the world as, I think of life through a, a very global lens. So who, are these, so who are these blind people and what do they do in this book?
2: Um, so Jenny, she is, um, she doesn't have a job, but um, she is a young adult 22, 21, sorry, she's 21. And the, um, since the first and second book is a part of the series, um, this is the second book. And Jenny is, she is, um, she is complete, I think she's completely blind. And so is Cyrus. Cyrus is her soon to be dominant aka her boyfriend at some point um and Cyrus has a job he works as a customer service representative for food like a food call call center information referral line and
0: yeah, so what what so what types of complaints do his uh, do the customers what, what what have they been saying about the company's food when they call in <laughs>
2: Oh, no, no. Um, So I worked at, this was in 2014, I worked at a call, so it's like people call in, and I'll pick up the phone, and I would pretty much tell them um, where they could go to get food. So that's kind of what he does. He's a customer service representative, um, and he helps people and you obtain food excellent um, you
0: you answered you answered that very well you answered it in, in by giving me the impression that you yourself have worked in that in that job is that true yes yes that's great yeah that's cool um so what can you what can you tell our viewers about working in a in a call center that sounds like a lot of fun
2: i really loved it yeah. i when i first was told that i was going to be um I was gonna have a job and I was gonna be working at a call center. I kind of thought of something different, like I'm gonna be answering calls for, you know, like data collection or something. And I thought that my job coach was gonna be um, an old lady who was really rude, (laughs) but um, she wasn't. She was super nice. She was also blind as well. And I was helping people, you know, get food. And get things that they needed, and that was the the really, there were some um, you know I had some really like calls that were like, ugh. but everybody was super oh, well, nice. Well, okay,
0: well let's well let's well can can you give our, our our listener I guarantee you, our listener at home just raised their hand and they just said um that they want to hear more about an if call. So let's hear more about an if. But <laughs> well, you said it, you said it. Come on, come on. This is this is supposed to be a fun talk show here. Tell us more about an if. <laughs> I mean what what uh, really comes. I'm, I'm trying to remember I, re-
2: you, I remember it all. Uh, well you, but, you
0: remember well you remember it enough to say it was ich so they must have done something pretty bad for it to be ich. <laughs> what did they do? Well,
2: um, you know, like a lot of times <laughs> we'll have people on hold for a while. And I know one time, um, I was like observing my um my job coach do the calls because that's what they have you do. You observe for two weeks and then you start working with them. So she had answered the phone, you know. And the woman was on the phone and she was just like, I've been waiting for this long and you guys need to like have it together. Like she was not, (laughs) she was, she was just not happy. Uh, But you know, we apologized and kept it professional.
0: (laughs) The the trouble is, is that usually when people call a call center, they're already too, too angry. It's already too late. Because by the time you get to the agent it's it's too late, usually, so that that makes sense. yeah, well that's that's really cool. And were you now were you um working you know during the day, the standard nine you know, as we used to say the nine to five, or did you do it at all different times? When did you do this call center work?
2: Um so this was a work and learn program through the blind school, so okay. literally right after I graduated. I came back in the summer to do this program for, I think it was six weeks and, um, six weeks, I think it was six weeks. Um, and it was, I think it was five hours. So from Monday to Thursday, no, Monday to Friday, I think. (laughs) And, um, it was really good. I really enjoyed the program and I loved my job coach. We still keep in contact. Um, but it was a really like fun and eye opening experience, you know, just helping people get food and get things that they needed for their household and children. So it was really eye opening and that's what Cyrus does in the book. He helps people uh, it's a really, gives them like places to go.
0: Really cool name. Have you done a lot of traveling overseas?
2: I have not actually. Oh. <laughs> I have not.
0: <laughs> because you came up with a very uh, a very interesting name that's heard a lot in England, Cyrus. Yeah, it's a name that is rarely heard in in the states. So it's it's in, that that's a really cool name, Cyrus. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I struggled a lot with trying to figure out a name for him. Like I didn't want any he's um African American and then Jenny, she's Caucasian. So I didn't want, you know, the name to be common but i also didn't want it to be too like uncommon if you know what i mean i don't want to say ghetto but <laughs> i didn't want it to be like something insane like something hard to pronounce or you know so i just wanted something i just wrote off the tongue in a sense something that was yeah. easy to spell but not too long
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the other yeah. the other um i mean there, there's a lot of cool names um that we don't we don't hear as much yeah Yes, yeah, C- Cyrus is cool. Cyrus is a cool name. Mm-hmm. But then the <laughs> but then the other the other name, um, the other name that's really good is Solomon. I mean that nobody names their child Solomon anymore. But it's it's a powerful name.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, that is um, that is really interesting. So, basically, where in the end, where is this particular book with Jenny and Cyrus? Where where is this going? This particular thing.
2: Um, so the series itself is based around the BDSM club, um, the Red Layer, and I based okay, now the what's, club.
0: What's, no, what's this club that you you've just mentioned?
2: Um. So BDSM stands for bondage, discipline, s- dominance, and submission, and sadism and masochism, and it's all about the power exchange between a dominant and a submissive um there are many different like aspects to bdsm but um though that's the most common the dominant and submissive and so the club is where people can explore this lifestyle freely safely and consensually um uh, without judgment or ridicule because It's not normal sexual practices. And it doesn't even have to be sexual, but it can be. Um, And so the club, the Red Layer, it's something that I came up with. Um, I based the club in Columbus, Ohio, which is where I frequent. That's where Otterbein is, that's where the blind school is. And I love Columbus. So I decided to base it there. And uh, the Red Layer, is the, you know, it's the the name of the club. And that's what I chose to uh, have a lot of my characters meet at.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So interesting. So besides uh, Jenny and Cyrus, the two main characters, who are some other interesting characters that you have Created. Okay,
2: so this is the second book in the red layer series. Um the first book featured Dante and Cassidy. And Dante is blind, Cassidy is sighted, and um they are also another um pairing. And then I'm not sure what I'm gonna do with the third book yet, but I know that it's gonna feature the mistress of the club and some other person. <laughs> so
0: Excellent, well, that's great. so um I think a lot of our viewers and and listeners are you know perhaps you know creative and would like to learn more about publishing a book. So if you were to tell someone earlier i told told you and you at home how to how to publish a podcast or how to get into podcasting, how would you get into how would you get into being an author? How do you actually go about getting your work published? It's quite a process, right?
2: Yes, Um. so I self-publish on Amazon, and right now I feel like that's the best way to go about it. Um, I have been in a lot of writer groups on Facebook, and not a lot of them are for the blind. There's one group that I'm well, a part fine. of that is for blind writers and authors cool
0: oh that's really Um, you know and i i I speak very highly of facebook groups by the way i've given this advice before and i'll give it again that i think facebook groups are really good for really anyone because usually the people in a facebook group join the group because they either want real facts or they truly want to help someone else i find they they are really 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 excellent if it wasn't for the group that we're in we wouldn't have uh, come across each other in the group. I personally, um, I I forget. I looking back, I forget what posts you commented on. You probably liked uh, one of these episodes along the way. I forget, um, but I have found that yeah, uh, people in groups are really, really, really kind. I mean, for me, I'm in a lot of groups about snakes and reptiles because I love snakes. But there there are groups. Snakes for are cool. <laughs> That's an interesting response. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Uh, I'll make sure to, I'll make sure to add you to any group that has that involves snakes in the art of snake keeping. Uh, you're, you're more, you're more than welcome to stop by, but, um, no, most people don't think it's that great, but, but regardless, I think that that's really cool. So, okay. So, um, we're coming up. We have about okay. We have about eight minutes today in the on the show today. So, how does this publishing with Amazon deal work? So, how, how does it work from you know A to Z
2: basically? So, um, at first, I've been okay. So, I started writing when I was like eleven. Um, I used to write songs, and I switched from writing songs to writing stories. So my first story that I wrote was when I was 13 or 14 or 12. And I didn't really like it now that I look back on it. And then the second story, I actually just finished a while ago, but I just haven't done anything with it yet. It needs a lot of editing and tweaking. But I knew that I wanted to have my books out there for people to read. I just didn't know that I wanted to write erotica And one day someone told me that sex sells. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. And I've been reading a lot of erotic compilations, um, a lot of BDSM anthologies. Um, A few of my authors, a few of my favorite authors um, write those. So I was reading a lot of books like that. And so I decided I was going to try it for myself. And I did. And through those um, writing groups on Facebook, I networked and met a lot of people who were super helpful, super understanding about the fact that I'm blind and this is how I'm going to need things done.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I want to make a point here. I really, I really like the way you phrase that. That you, one of the things that you learned from Facebook groups is that you learn how to advocate for yourself. You learn, and I've learned that too. I admit, I've learned how to approach people on Facebook, how to ask questions um, and how to, how to phrase things. It's not about, with podcasting, it's absolutely true. And it's true in life in general, I think. It's not about, it's not about knowing how to ask questions. It's about knowing how to ask the right questions the right way at the right time. And you have to get those three things right at the same time uh, to yield the, the right, you know, the right response. I mean, I've posted all sorts of things about this podcast who wants to be my next guest. But then I discovered that, well, to get someone to come on, I have to create urgency. So I said, who's coming on my show tomorrow? Oh, oh, there's a person, there's a person, there's a person. So just saying the word tomorrow, that's a, that's a trigger for people. Because they think that that's going to be their only chance, you know. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So you send in, uh, you send in your work to Amazon, and now is does it get like uploaded? Is there an app
2: that does it? How, how does it work? Well, um, usually, want to back up for a bit. Usually, I have people that can help me format it, edit it, you know, make it look nice and presentable. Is how mm-hmm. a book would. Right, right. And then I have someone who helps me design um, a cover for the book. Um, So then I take it to um, the Amazon website or the Kindle Direct Publishing website because it's on Kindle. Um, And from there, you just kind of follow the prompts. (laughs) Um, Yes, you um, upload it to the website. Um, they have you fill in all this information about the book, like the summary title, um, what genre of the book is. Okay.
0: So it's very similar to, it's very similar to creating a podcast. You upload a lot of that type of information so that they know well, what you're about and then yes. you send it in. Okay. Very similar to and then the podcasting. You, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And then you upload your manuscript, you upload your cover. Then you talk about, I mean, then you um, tell them like, where the rights are. So if you don't have access to the book, like if it's not your book, then I don't think you can upload it. But you know, if the book's yours, then why would you have
0: those rights? Well, why would you, why would you upload someone else's? I don't know. Right. Right. Well, I mean, no, I mean, no, actually, I mean, people do, I mean, if you're helping a friend or working in a company that Mm -hmm. does that, people do it for each other constantly, but when they do it, they, you know fill out certain credentials to make it clear that yeah uh you know Aaron gave me permission to publish you know book mm-hmm. acts I, I mean they they do that all the time um and there's a there's a company uh that i i'm I can recommend it off the air, but I don't think you need it, so I'm not going to make a big deal of, of recommending it <laughs> but there are there are because you're so good with amazon you no know, there's there's companies all over the world that that up that help blind people to produce uh books um So basically, we are coming to the close on another exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talked about issues in the blindness community. Um, If you would like to get in touch with me uh, after this show uh, to tell me uh, that I'm some sort of a horrible person, that I have bad luck or something like that, or I have all these problems you're more than welcome to send an email to aaronsopinion6 at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk to you. But let me just tell you, I'm only going to read your message if you send something nice because that's what I do on Aaron's Opinion. Um, You are more than welcome to follow the show on Twitter uh, and you are more than welcome to follow us on our Facebook page, Aaron's Opinion. And of course, as you know, uh, you followed my YouTube channel. We're on YouTube. Just go on over to YouTube, Aaron's Opinion. It's a great place. Um, do you have a final message before I sign off and thank everybody?
2: Um, can I, can I like shamelessly uh, plug my, go,
0: my go, things? Go, go, quick, quickly, quick, quickly, please. <laughs> okay. Hard break, hard break. Um, you have about a minute and a half so and then off- in the sense, go ahead.
2: Okay. So I have YouTube. My YouTube is G Nikita. So it's G-N-A-K-I-T-A. And on Amazon, you can find me under the pen name Kalani Black. K-E-L-A-N-I-E. Space Black. Yes. (laughs) That's a cool cool pseudonym. pseudonym. That's cool.
0: Kalani. That's a powerful name. (laughs) Kaylani. (laughs) Kaylani. <laughs> Kaylani. 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 <laughs> that's a good that's, that's good. That's good.
2: hmm <laughs> Then you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram under Kaylani Black as well. Um, so that's it. I also have a a website, kaylaniblack.com.
0: Well that's, so, well, that, that, well, that's the best part. Yeah, I think if you have a website, you can send people just to go, to go as she said, go to that website, and they would be able to find out more, more about you. Um, anyway, you, you did a great job. I, I hope that you start a podcast yourself because you speak really well. I have well. one. I have oh, well, one. Well why well, why didn't you say anything? I was sending you all this stuff. I was talking about how, how great I think I am. Why didn't you say how great you are? You should have told us. Because I t- <laughs> I'm look, look, we're about look, we're about to run about to run out of time on this segment. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for coming. I also want to extend a great thanks to um a great a great person by the name of Luis M. Nunes Jr. from uh the radio station that this is now on. 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGN Bakersfield, your home for all your variety hits, and of course, a podcast or two called Aaron's Opinion. Thank you so much, Caroline, Caroline Radio. I really appreciate this opportunity, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. All right, everybody. As I like to say, we're so glad that you enjoyed it, and I'm sure you'll be back. And by the way, you're always welcome on my podcast anytime you like. Have a good day today
1: membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.